Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Good evening, gentle listeners. This is Michael Kist with a pre-show note. This show was recorded before the Miami Dolphins signed Byron Jones to apparently what is a massive deal for the now highest paid corner in the league. And yeah, I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed that the Eagles missed out on the top cornerback in the market. Now they've got to scramble to find some other answers. And maybe some of the answers will come in the show that you're about to hear as there were some releases and uh I talk about some some ideal groupings that, of course, some of them in, in included Byron Jones. But the recording that is coming up was recorded at 6 p.m. to 6.30 p.m. And I was just about to post it when I saw the news about Byron frickin' Jones. I'm not mad, but uh, we're going to cover a whole ton of stuff from free agency, the tags, the trades, all that stuff. I just wanted to put this note in there that the Eagles are officially out of the Byron Jones sweepstakes, frustratingly so. Uh, we'll have more reaction on that throughout the week and then talk about the players that the Eagles have signed in free agency, if they sign any, so on and so forth, and we'll do emergency recordings if need be. But right now, that's the news. So if you feel like listening to the rest of it, uh, even though you're a little bit ticked off, maybe this will help you with a nice little distraction from the real world right now. But that's what we're talking about. We're talking about free agency, the first day of legal tampering, coming up next. Welcome into a very special BGN Radio. I am Michael Kiss. This is all brought to you by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. So we've got a bunch of news hitting today as the legal tampering period open. First off, we also have a new CBA. I don't know if we talked about that yet on this, on this feed. I don't think we have, but the CBA was voted in and that had some implications that we'll talk about for teams like the Cowboys and whatnot. But legal tampering is open. We're going to talk about it today. I'm riding solo today. This whole coronavirus has thrown a lot of people off and whatnot, but I wanted to get out an episode and I'm going to make one thing very clear. I am recording at 6 p.m. Eastern, March 16th. So if anything drops while I'm recording, I'm going to try to catch it. If anything drops after, I'm not going to catch it. I'm going to throw it up. I'll put something in the notes, in the podcast notes, letting you know where the cutoff was. But I'm recording at 6. Let's talk about what has happened already. Uh, first up, the NFL draft, scheduled from April 23rd to the 25th, is still on. It will not be the big event they were planning in Vegas, but the draft is expected to happen on those dates, which is a big relief because I'm not sure any of us could handle waiting and speculating as we're still over a month away to talk about these prospects and whatnot. Let's get to some Eagles news. The Eagles are bringing back defensive tackle Hassan Ridgeway on a one-year deal, which is a solid move to keep the depth piece in Philly. Ridgeway was acquired for a seventh-round pick, 246th overall, from the Colts during the 2019 NFL Draft. Unfortunately, Ridgeway's impressive 2019 campaign was ended short due to an ankle injury, but I'm all for bringing the guy back. He's a good, young depth piece to develop. He turns 26 in November. Again, very young. The Eagles have also elected not to tender restricted free agent running back Corey Clement 
in a decision that is a surprise to nobody. Basically, all this means is that they aren't willing to pay around $2 million for him, which would be the cost for the tender. And it wouldn't be a shock to see him return on a smaller deal to compete for a roster spot. I'm just assuming that the interest uh, for his services aren't going to be real high. In other Eagles-related news, Big V got a big payday from the Detroit Lions. Five years, 50 mil. I'm not sure what they're going to do with him, but from what I'm hearing, they're going to have him play right tackle, not guard, which I think at guard, his ceiling is a replacement level starter at tackle. Things get a little bit murkier, and that's a pretty hefty price tag there. But I mean, look, when you, when you look around the league and when people saw that Big V was going to get this reported big payday, everybody kind of laughed. But you look around the league and you see that the state of offensive line play, what it's in compared to defensive lines around the NFL, and you can see why teams are so hungry for just even semi-competent play along the offensive line. So you're going to have to overpay for some guys, and it'll be interesting to see if Big V can kind of revitalize his career, no pun intended, revitalize his career there in Detroit as a tackle. If not, they're going to have to put put him back at guard, and then you're really overpaying for a guard. Uh, bombshell trades happened today that were very interesting in maybe the most lopsided trade that I've seen in the NFL in this decade. The Cardinals acquired DeAndre Hopkins and a fourth round pick from the Texans. The Texans get David Johnson, the running back from Arizona, a second round pick and a 2021 fourth round pick. Now, friend of the show, John Ledyard of Pewter Report summed it up well in his tweet, quote, DeAndre Hopkins is 27 and the Cardinals just got him with three years left on his contract for 12.5 mil, 13.5 mil and 13.9 mil at the cost of a cooked running back who was eating their cap space and a second round pick, maybe the best wide receiver in the NFL. This can't be real. End quote. The obvious place our heads went in Philadelphia with this is where the hell was Howie? I mean, it can't have come out of left field as there were reportedly at least three teams that I saw in the morning that were talking with the Texans about a trade for for Nuke. And it's hard to know if Howie made an offer and we're maybe we're wrong for trying to apply logic to an illogical situation in Houston. But <laughs> holy hell, where was Howie in all this? And like, yeah, maybe we see a wide receiver slide in the draft now because Arizona fills that hole. But I would have been all over this if I were Roseman. I mean, I would have given a first for Hopkins. Again, only 27, turning 28, I believe, in the summer, seven straight years of playing at least 15 games, three straight seasons of over 1,000 yards, five total 1,000-yard seasons, 31 touchdowns in the last three seasons. Let's go back to 2013. Hopkins is third in reception since then, third in receiving yards, second in touchdown receptions. Like, what are we, what are we doing here? It's just, it's just beyond ridiculous that the Texans would do this deal that includes them for trading for their third running back in eight months. And one final point on this from SportRack, they tweeted out a good point, and maybe it's something that could save the day for the Texans, maybe for, for Howie too, I doubt it. But quote, we've seen tampering period deals fall through before. How many NFL GMs are on the horn with Houston right now offering a way better deal for DeAndre Hopkins? Nothing officially official until Wednesday afternoon, end quote. So in summation there, Get on the phone, Howie. There is still hope. I doubt it again. But we've seen this before. Uh, In another big deal, the 49ers and Colts did business. Let's quote from Adam Schefter here. Quote, uh, trade and deal. 
Colts trade first round pick, which is 13th overall to 49ers for all pro DT DeForest Buckner, who already has agreed to a massive contract that pays him $21 million a year and makes him the second highest paid DT in NFL history, only behind Aaron Donald, sources tell ESPN, end quote. This happened after the 49ers had locked up stud defensive lineman Eric Armstead to a five-year, $85 million deal. He was a tag candidate, and when they didn't slap that tag on him, you figured something serious was in the works, and there you are. Uh, For more on this, I would recommend the Niners Nation podcast feed. I'm sure they'll be breaking down the ramifications of all this soon if they haven't. Uh, already. As far as more Eagles news, if you're kind of waiting on that, I'll let you know that uh, it's reported that the Eagles are still in on Byron Jones. It's looking like it's between them and the Oakland Raiders, if you believe Tony Pauline. So the the Eagles are very much in play. Something could happen while I'm recording this. And uh, of course, throughout the show, if it happens, I'll update it or I'll add it in or, or whatever. Uh, let's go to some other big contracts around the NFL that were that were signed. Ryan Tannehill was recently announced, and the Tennessee Titans think they have their quarterback in him. And as such, that the new deal to keep him is four years, $118 million total. So that's 29.5 average per year. There's $62 million in guarantees. And the way that this deal is set up by general manager John Robinson was pretty great, in my opinion. It's essentially a two-year deal. Because year three, you're only looking at a 10 mil debt cap with a bunch of savings. The fourth year is essentially toilet paper if toilet paper weren't so coveted right now. But they can throw that out incredibly easy. So there is always this sticker shock when it comes to quarterback deals when they're announced. And there was some of that reaction with Tannehill. I mean, there is with anything on Twitter. And look, Tannehill was legit last year. People saw him at the top of a bunch of these different advanced metrics. And people try to use that fact to dismiss those metrics. But I think that was because people just hadn't seen him throughout the year, perhaps because the Texans didn't have any primetime games. I watched through about four or five of his games from last year. And let me tell you, man, he was honestly, he was good. And what else are the Titans going to do? You look around at the quarterback options that they had there. It's it's not too great to me. What are you going to do? Bring Jameis Winston? Come on now. I, I think some people thought that they should have tagged him as a kind of like wait and see move. If you think you've got your guy, you don't want to play games and you definitely don't want to be wandering through the desert looking for another quarterback or for the next decade, possibly. And keep in mind, this is only a twenty two point five million dollar cap hit this year, 2020. In 2021, it goes up to 29.5. And then those next two years, which remember, they can get out of without taking much of a hit. That's when you get north of 30. By then, if Tannehill can maintain his level of play that he had in 2019, it's going to look like a pretty pedestrian and smart contract, especially when you get the cap spikes that are projected to happen over the next few years. Dak's still got to get paid. We're going to talk about that. Mahomes and different contracts, they're going to reset the market. And really, 15% of your cap for a quarterback, if he's the guy, is pretty reasonable. So it was worth the swing, whether it works out or not, in my opinion. The only thing I'd add is that you know if he struggles next year, they can't dig their head in the sand. They have to go get a guy in the draft or wherever so they aren't sitting there in 2022 having to hit the reset button because that'll cost everyone there their jobs. But yeah, in closing, I think it's not as shocking as some thought it was when it was announced, and we'll see how it works out. Uh, in other quarterback news, Kirk Cousins has signed a two-year extension with the Minnesota Vikings that goes on top of the three-year deal that he signed in 2018, and will possibly keep Cousins in purple through 2022 if he sees the end of that contract, of course. And here's Ian Rappaport breaking it down on Twitter. Quote, summing up the Vikings deal for Kirk Cousins, two new years worth $66 million. So 
Three years in all for $96 million. He has $61 million guaranteed at signing. An additional $35 million is guaranteed for injury, but converts fully at the beginning of the 2021 season. They won't cut him after one year and 61 mil, end quote. So that is a uh, very spicy meatball, folks, for uh, Kirk Cousins there in Minnesota. Okay, when we come back, we're going to talk about some tags, some trades, some extensions, all that stuff from the first day of legal tampering for the NFL. That's coming up next. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. And we are back here on Bleeding Green Nation. Michael Kist bringing it to you with SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. Let's talk about some uh, signings around the league because there was a guy that I I wanted for the Eagles, Christian Kirksey. I wrote about him for BleedingGreenNation.com, the former Browns linebacker. He ends up with the Packers, a two-year deal at $13 million total. This is exactly the type of deal that I imagined for Kirksey. And we knew the Packers were going to be aggressive when addressing the linebacker position. We thought maybe they would go after big money with with Corey Littleton. But uh, as such, I believe that they just maybe had a better deal on the table than most, especially when you consider that Kirksey has only played nine games in the last two years. And keep in mind that Mike Pettin was the head coach for the Browns with Kirksey for two years there. So there's a link there because Pettin is the defensive coordinator there in Green Bay. Uh, Kirksey probably felt comfortable with how he was going to be utilized in that defense. So it's a deal that I would have wanted the Eagles to match on the high end. Uh, but the Packers also, with their news, bringing in right tackle Rick Wagner, who was released two days ago by the Lions. That's a two-year, $11 million deal. He'll likely replace Brian Bulaga. Wagner is coming off a bad year and their right guard situation in Green Bay with Billy Turner as suspect. So that right side may be an issue unless they're able to get more done. So those are are both, by the way, the the Kirksey and the Wagner deals. They're essentially one-year deals with second-year options. So they've kind of set themselves up to get out of those contracts if they need to after next year. Uh, Another signing, this time uh, uh, another position of need for the Eagles at cornerback. It's Bradley Roby is going to uh, stay with the Houston Texans. This is a re-sign for them. Uh, Roby's a good player. A bit up and down throughout his career, but the Swiss cheese Texans defense needs help already in that secondary and losing a player like Roby would not help that process. It's a bit rich, in my opinion, for what you're getting. At least that's what I thought at the time. But that cornerback market is about to shift. So at the end of the day, I don't think it'll look all crazy or out of place. So one thing that did look a little bit crazy to me, Austin Hooper, tight end, formerly the Atlanta Falcons, uh, Hooper gets nabbed by the Cleveland Browns. Hooper hauled in 75 catches, 787 yards, and six touchdowns last year, which has led the Browns to make him the highest paid tight end 
in the league. That is insanely rich. And I wonder what it says about their future with former first-round selection David Njoku, who only played four games last year after being put on IR with a wrist injury. I also wonder what it says about their sanity in paying Hooper more than Travis Kelsey. Kevin Stefanski is known for his two tight end sets. He loves them. And to, and to add context, Hooper spent 59% of his time in the slot last year. And over the past two years, only Zach Ertz, Travis Kelsey, and George Kittle have more receptions than Hooper. So he is a productive player. Either way, Austin Hooper, the highest paid tight end at four years, 44 mil, at least until George Kittle gets extended anyway. It is a wild time to be alive. Uh, Another deal I didn't love, but I think it's all right. Eric Flowers, Miami Dolphins. So the former Giant, former Washington guard, well, tackle turned to guard, signs with the Dolphins. And Twitter laughed when they saw that Eric, Eric Flowers was like, likely to get $10 million a year. We saw that in the morning on a new contract. That's exactly what he got from the Miami Dolphins. And look, Eric Flowers was atrociously bad for most of his career, and a move to guard with Washington was great for him. Had a solid season. That said, am I paying a guard named Eric Flowers, who is very average, three years, $30 million? Probably not. It goes to show you, again, just like with the Halapulivati Vitae deal, the thirst that teams have right now regarding quality offensive line play, or at least serviceable offensive line play. Uh, the Dolphins also paid edge rusher Shaq Lawson, former first-round pick of the Bills, on a three-year deal worth up to $36 million. I mean, I guess that's what six and a half sacks and being stout against the run gets you nowadays, but I'd be wary about most of that happening on a contract year. A better deal might be Jason Pierre-Paul's contract to stay with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at two years, 27 mil seeing he has uh, 8.5 sacks or more in each of the last three seasons. Nobody would have known, though, because the Bucks aren't important, but their defense in the second half of the season was excellent, and JPP was a big part of that turnaround after returning from injury in Week 8. Another linebacker is signing that a lot of people were linking to the Eagles, Nick Kwiatowski uh, from the Chicago Bears. Uh, the Raiders were in on Christian Kirksey, but end up with the consolation prize in the former Bears linebacker Kwiatowski uh, at the price of three-year, $21 million contract. That's more than I was comfortable with paying for an average linebacker, so we're good on that. Uh, another big contract. Let's go back to the offensive line. We'll go with Jack Conklin from the Tennessee Titans to the Cleveland Browns as well. Three-year, $42 million contract, $30 million in guarantees. Again, the offensive line market is wild. And no dollar amount for Big V was really going to surprise me because these deals happened before Big V got paid. Let's let's get to a trade that happened. I think it was a couple of days ago. Calias Campbell goes to the Baltimore Ravens for a 2020 fifth-round pick from the Jacksonville Jaguars. So Campbell turns 34 in the offseason and represented a $15 million cap hit. So the Jaguars are moving on while they hit the reset button, and that's not a surprise at all. It's a great move for the Baltimore Ravens. They're attempting to defy regression on the defensive side of the ball. In the last decade, only the Seattle Seahawks have had a top-five DVOA defense for five consecutive years. Nobody else has done it for four years in a row in the past decade. The Ravens are in year three of their run, pushing for four this year. So they're already a bit of an outlier as the only two other teams in the past decade that have had three consecutive years outside of the Seahawks, of course, as a top five DVOA defense. It's a low capital draft hit, uh, a high cap hit for a very, very good player in a win now type move. And I endorse the heck out of it as the Ravens try to load up during Lamar Jackson's rookie contract window. And look, Campbell's sack numbers may have dipped a bit last year 
After he had two consecutive double-digit sack seasons, he also had the highest grade on the Jaguars' defense last year per PFF with an elite 90.3. He led the team in pressures by a lot, recording 71 last year. That's 20 more than Yannick Ngalkwe, who came in second place. And the veteran hasn't missed a game in five seasons. All of that is very valuable as the Ravens look to make a run. Another trade we got here between the Falcons and the Ravens. The Falcons get Ravens tight end Hayden Hurst and a 2024th rounder. The Ravens in return get the Falcons second round pick and a fifth rounder. So the Falcons are hoping that they can fill the Austin Hooper role with Hurst and the Ravens cut bait with their former first round pick who was well outperformed by Mark Andrews last year. Uh, there's also rumors out there that apparently teams are interested in trading for the Rams wide receiver Brandon Cooks. Now, the Eagles had interest in drafting Cooks back in 2014, if we're to believe these reports, and then also tried trading for him back in 2017, per Charles Robinson of Yahoo Sports. Quote, following up on this, I believe the Rams are in a position where they're pressed to make some kind of move in the wide receiver core. I also believe Cooks would be the prime candidate for a trade. However, I think his market and value is fairly soft because of past health concerns, end quote. Now, this is possible because the Rams have so much money dumped into the wide receiver position when you look at Robert Woods and everything. And so it's a, it's an interesting note there about the head injuries that could soften the market for Cooks, but it's notable that it probably wouldn't cost a first rounder to acquire Cooks. So it's something to keep an eye on for a team looking to add a speed threat. Maybe like the Eagles, we'll see. I'm not necessarily on board with that, but you never know right now in these wild, wild times. Uh, let's look at some tags. Dak Prescott from the Cowboys, you might know him. He gets the exclusive franchise tag, so that's worth $33 million as they try to work out a long-term deal. The new CBA screwed the Cowboys, oh no, out of using two tags as they couldn't use the two tags. For example, to franchise Dak and then use a transition tag on Amari Cooper. Because of the new CBA, they couldn't do that. They could only use one tag. So now Amari Cooper and the Cowboys are trying to work out a deal. But man, it is getting weird in Dallas, which we'll talk about some more in a second here. But first, we have some more news inside of the division. Leonard Williams of the Giants gets the tag. This is from Pat Leonard of uh, New York Daily News. Quote, Giants officially tag Leonard Williams with non-exclusive franchise tag. He is free to negotiate with other teams, but if he signs elsewhere, the Giants receive two first rounders. Giants and Williams need a long-term deal by July 15th, 4 p.m., or he must play on a one-year tag, or the Giants can rescind it, end quote. That tag is worth $16.1 million, which is half a mil more than what J.J. Watt is set to make this year. So do with that what you will. Long live David Gettleman. And working through the other tags here, A.J. Green gets tagged by the Bengals. Derrick Henry gets the tag from the Titans at $10.2 million. That dollar amount is lower than the initially projected 12.4 mil. But I don't think I need to tell you that I am all out on paying running backs double-digit money uh, especially when you're paying your quarterback around $30 million a year. And yes, I'm, I'm looking at you, Dallas. Uh, also, Kenyon Drake from the Cardinals gets a transition tag worth $10 million. This is, again, from Charles Robinson of Yahoo Sports. Uh, this is what that means. Quote, running back Kenyon Drake has had the transition tag applied to him by the Cardinals. He can negotiate with other teams, but Arizona has first right or refusal to match a deal. End quote. Question is whether other teams will want to do a deal for Arizona to swoop in and match. And, and look, as with Henry, I'm not about paying running backs that much in the double-digit millions there. But when you got money to burn in the rookie quarterback window, they just added DeAndre Hopkins. I'm not going to belly ache too much about the Cardinals offseason to this point because overall, just that one move 
the Cardinals won the entire offseason. Uh, some other tag news, Joe, Joe Thune, the left guard, uh, round $15 million tagged by the Patriots. Thune has only allowed one sack in the last 41 starts. So maybe he stays, maybe he's traded, we'll find out. But for now, the Patriots stay in control of Thune's right. Some other tags include safety Justin Simmons by the Broncos, Brandon Scherf with Washington, Yannick Ngakwe is tagged by the Jaguars, Chris Jones by the Chiefs, Edge Shaq Barrett is locked up by Tampa Bay, the Ravens tag edge rusher Matt Judon, yet another pass rusher with the tag is Bud Dupree of the Steelers, and also a bit of a surprise, uh, expected to be the best safety on the market, the Vikings have tagged safety Anthony Harris, so that diminishes the safety market a good deal, and also the Chargers have tagged tight end Hunter Henry, who probably would have bested Austin Hooper's deal if he had hit the market, and you know it still may if they end up getting a new contract done. Uh, some quick releases, and this might be of interest to the Eagles fans out there. Desmond Trufant, the Falcons. Trufant turns 30 at the start of the season. He's played nine games in 2019 after suffering a broken forearm, which is whatever. He's been pretty healthy for most of his career, and a forearm is really just bad luck and nothing that would impact him long term. So even though Trufant only played nine games, he also had four interceptions, and uh, three of them were pretty high quality when I went back to look at them. So two of them also came against Carson Wentz, by the way. That weird first half he had in the Atlanta game, including the one where he was like down on his butt. Uh, so the Eagles know that he can make some plays on the ball. So that's something to keep an eye on. Like my construction for for quarterback for the Eagles, if it's all free agent, would probably look something like Byron Jones, Prince of Mukamara. If Byron Jones can't be had, then Desmond Trufant should be somebody that they look at. Uh, some extensions. We'll go back to the Cowboys here. We'll keep it in the NFC East. The Cowboys are extending tight end Blake Jarwin for three years up to 24.25 mil. There is nine and a quarter worth of guarantees included in the deal. Jarwin had 31 receptions, 365 yards, three touchdowns, but the feeling is he's ready for a bigger role after only having played 39% of the snaps last year while Jason Witten at $5 million took 75%. I actually think Jarwin is a solid player, but it's just weird seeing the Cowboys flash around money when at the time of this recording, Amari Cooper isn't signed. And of course, Byron Jones is hitting the market and the whole situation with Dak. I mean, they locked up linebacker, running back, tight end, before they locked up quarterback, wide receiver, cornerback. And I just cannot wrap my brain around it considering the positional value of each. So I don't know what's going on in Dallas, but personally, uh, I love it. All right, so now that I've run through most of the important signings, let me just look at the timeline real quick and see if there's anything that I miss. I might as well just run through these three. They're not huge, but per Field Yates, the Titans are re-signing offensive tackle Dennis Kelly to a three-year $21 million deal with $8.7 million guaranteed per source. Uh, let's see, a chance for Kelly to take over Jack Conklin's starting role, according to Field Yates. Uh, the Broncos are signing offensive lineman Graham Glasgow to a four-year $44 million contract with $26 million in guarantees. That's from Adam Schefter. So that's a big deal for Glasgow. These offensive linemen are getting paid. Uh, going back to, to quarterback, the Browns have reached an agreement with Case Keenum per Adam Schefter on a three-year $18 million deal that includes $10 million in guarantees. So it's not the quarterback news that we've been waiting on with Tom Brady and we're looking to see what they're going to do in Chicago and Indianapolis and 
Tampa Bay with Jameis and all these things, but it is some quarterback news. So that's everything that I have right now. I believe I'm completely up to date with the major things that have gone down. If anything breaks with the Eagles, obviously these situations are kind of fluid. I'm going to record when I can and everything like that. And, and the guy, same for the guys at, at BGN, uh, but we'll get it up to you. Like if they sign Byron Jones, I think we're all going to be running to our computers and we'll figure something out. So if the Eagles make a big splash, we'll record again. But right now, as of 6.30 p.m., this is everything we know. I appreciate you tuning in. Sorry it was just me. We'll get Ben and BLG and Jimmy Kemsky and, and John Stolness and you know Babes on Broad and all that cranking up throughout the week. So keep an eye out for additional shows dropping into the feed as we work through this crazy process. Legal tampering has begun. Couldn't be more excited. What a day. Thank you for subscribing. Leave five stars if you like the show. Make sure you're subscribed. And that's it. I'll catch you next time. G and